uh, as I began to prepare for this homecoming message, uh, what I did is I looked back over the years at the homecoming messages that I've preached in years past. And most of the messages I found were kind of a, um, a, a what's in it for us kind of message. I've shared messages about our home in heaven. I've shared messages about the privileges that we have uh, belonging to a church family. Uh, I've shared messages about always having a place that we can call home. But here's what I learned. I learned that I have been sorely missing the mark. A Bethel Baptist homecoming ought not be about us. It should be all about God. Amen. He is why this church was created 114 years ago, and he is the reason that we're still here. And I praise him for that. So as we continue our Knowing God series, there is one attribute of God that jumps right off the pages of my Bible. The trait of God that is responsible for this 114th homecoming is the faithfulness of God. Now, the topic of faithfulness literally impacts every part of our lives. Every marriage vow that's not kept, every promise that's not fulfilled, every debt that's not paid, every promised prayer that's not prayed are all affected by this issue of faithfulness. And there's one thing we know about people. People can be downright unfaithful. Back in the day, people used to conduct business with a promise and a handshake. But today, you've got to have a legal binding contract if you're going to have another agreement with some person. Back in the day, men and women were married till death do us part. But today, it seems like the moment that a marriage gets tough, people look to jump ship and to bail out on their marriages. However, if there's anything about God that we know, we know that God is faithful. Thankfully, there is still one whose word is his bond. Thankfully, there is still one who can be trusted in everything, who is faithful in all things. There is still one who has not changed in time or through circumstances. His name is God. He's faithful. So part of knowing God is appreciating just how faithful God has been to us as individuals and to us as a church. Psalm 119 verse 90, the Bible says, Your faithfulness endures to all generations. So from Genesis to Revelation, God has proven himself to be faithful to you. God's faithfulness stands at the very heart of of who he is, it stands at the very heart of everything that God does. And so today, to celebrate this homecoming, we're going to identify some reasons why we worship God, and it's all because of his faithfulness. So to begin with, because God is faithful, you and I can be certain when we pray. 
In Psalm 143, in verse 1, David says this. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplication. In your faithfulness, answer me. See, David is boldly declaring here that God has been faithful to answer prayers in the past. And there's no reason not to expect God to answer prayer now. And so we have to see that through the Bible, God instructs his people to call upon his name and that he will be faithful not only to hear, but also to answer our prayers. Just check these verses out. In Psalm 50, verse 15, the psalmist says, Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and, I shall, and you shall glorify me. In Psalm 91, in verse 14, God says of his people, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And in that famous passage of scripture in Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, God says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans not for evil, but plans of peace to give you a future and a hope. And then you will call upon my name and you will go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Because God is faithful. He's faithful to hear you. And he's faithful to answer our prayers. We can be certain when we pray because God is faithful. But we can also have victory over temptation. Now, the Apostle Paul wrote to some believers in Thessalonica, and here's what he said. He said, but the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and who will guard you from the evil one. We need that in our time and our day. So if you pray the Lord's Prayer that says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, here's how God's going to answer. God's going to say, I am faithful, and I will guard your steps. Or, if you trust the Word of God, you know that it teaches that the temptations that believers go through are the exact same that other people experience, but God is faithful. And he will not allow the temptation to be more than we can stand. But when we are tempted, he will make a way of escape. A way to escape the temptation. So when, not if, when you go through temptation, you need to remember that God is faithful. See, when God's name, when God's character and when God's testimony in you are at stake, you need to always be reminded that he will provide a way of escape. He wants to keep you from sin, and he will always provide you a way to escape the temptation. Friend, whenever you think of God's faithfulness, you might be tempted to think of what you're not in light of all that he is. I mean, when I consider how faithful God has been to me, I'm almost always reminded how unfaithful I have been to him. It just seems like I give in way, way too easy. But I want you to listen 
what God's word says in 2 Timothy 2.13. The Bible says, if we are faithless, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. He is faithful. You got to know, friend, that's just who he is. He is a faithful God. In other words, God remains faithful even when my faith falters. And that's good news because I need to know what happens when I blow it. Any of y'all ever blown it before? Amen. We've all blown it. I need to know what happens when the believer blows it. Well, because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, when the saved by faith sin, when they falter, when they blow it, God simply says this, son, daughter, if you will confess your sins, I am faithful to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And listen to me. There is no limit to the forgiveness of God. There is no limit to the faithfulness of God. I know people get tired of forgiving, but God never does, praise God. Because God is faithful in the face of sin, you and I can be victorious over sin in our life when we blow it. God remains faithful even when his children blow it. That's what happens when God is faithful. We can be certain when we pray, and we can have victory over temptation. But we can also celebrate God like he deserves. Because of the faithfulness of God, you and I have innumerable reasons to celebrate him. And the best way that you and I can celebrate God is praise. Praise. We can celebrate God when we praise his name, when we move and brag on him, when we honor him, when we enjoy his presence together, when we proclaim all that he's done in our life. Because you see, friend, whatever people value, this is what they value. Think about this. Not only do I value that, but I also enjoy it. See, I praise what I enjoy, and it's always more enjoyable when we do it together. I mean, I enjoy watching football on TV by myself, but can I tell you, it's far more enjoyable when Janet and I sit down and watch TV and watch the football game together. I mean, all the screaming and the yelling and acting like an idiot and praising our team. I mean, we love doing that, and we love doing it together. How much more enjoyable should it be to praise God together? Amen. That's why we meet here. That's why we worship God together, to praise him together. You see, that's what many of the psalms are all about. The psalmist would say, just exalt God with me. He would exalt God and he would say to me and you, isn't God great? Isn't God amazing? Praise God with me. Isn't God awesome? Did you see what he did? God is incredible. Did you see that? Praise God with me. Check out these verses, friend. Check out these verses in Psalm 89. The Bible says, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known your faithfulness 
to all generations. And then in verse 6, the heavens will praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness also in the assembly of the saints. O Lord of hosts, in verse 8, who is mighty like you, O God? Your faithfulness surrounds you. Friend, what a blessing it is to praise God through trouble. But if you really want to be reminded of the faithfulness of God, I want to encourage you to do something. I want you to go get a pen. I want you to open your Bible, and I want you to begin reading through the book of Psalms. Every time you read a reason why God should be praised, I want you to circle that reason. You're going to be busy, friend. You see, we can't really enjoy God until we're praising God. And we do it best, friends, when we're praising God together. That is the focus of our worship, is praising God and doing it together. You might be tempted. We can have victory over temptation. And we can celebrate God just like we deserve to. That's most of all. Even when we're afraid. Now, the book of Lamentations does not make the top ten of my favorite books of the Bible. In fact, if I'm honest, Lamentations is more than a little disturbing. It's more than a little depressing. In fact, the book of Lamentations was written to describe the funeral of Jerusalem. Jeremiah was God's prophet who was ministering to the people of Jerusalem. But the Babylonians had been attacking Jerusalem for 18 long months. And in so doing, they had cut off supplies from the city. As a result of that, people were dying. People were dying of hunger. People were dying of thirst. And in Lamentations 4.10, the Bible even tells us that things had gotten so bad that people resorted to killing and eating their own children just to stay alive. How distressing is that? How heartbreaking must it have been for Jeremiah to watch the city of God being decimated all because of the sins of the people who lived there. Limitations chapter 1 verse 1. Jeremiah recorded what he saw as he was looking out over the city. He said, how lonely sits the city that was once full of people. Like a widow is she who was great among the nations. The princess among the provinces has now become a slave. She weeps bitterly at the night. Her tears are on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she has none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her, and they have become her enemies. You can understand why Jeremiah was more than a little angry toward God for all that God had allowed to happen to Jerusalem. It reminds me of our own country. 
We say, God, why have you allowed all this, this corruption and this depravity? Why have you allowed this to happen in our country? God will say, it's because of the sins of the people. However, I am still faithful. But in the end, Jeremiah felt like it had become all pointed at him. He felt like it had become personal. And in Lamentations chapter 1 verse 12, Jeremiah basically says, Why God? Why God have you allowed this to happen to me? Here's what he said. Is it nothing to you, all you who pass by? Behold and see if there is any sorrow like my sorrow, which has been brought to me, which the Lord has inflicted in the day of his anger. And in chapter 3, he begins to describe what it feels like to have God attacking you or seemingly attacking you. Limitations chapter 3, here's what Jeremiah says. He says, I'm the man who has seen the affliction by the rod of God's wrath. God has led me and made me to walk in darkness, not in light. Surely he has turned his hand against me time and time again throughout the day. He has aged my flesh and my skin, broken my bones. He's besieged me. He surrounded me with bitterness and woe. He has set me in the dark places and like the dead of long ago. He has hedged me in so that I can't get out. He has made my chains heavy. Even as I cry and shout, he shuts out my prayer. He has blocked my ways with hewn stone and made my paths crooked. In verse 16 he says, He has also broken my teeth with gravel and covered me with ashes and moved my soul far from peace. I have forgotten prosperity. And I said, my strength and my hope have perished before the Lord. Remember my affliction and my roaming, the wormwood and the gall. My soul still remembers and sinks within me. And then, after all that negativity, after all that pity party, after all that depression, after all that that stored up anger. Jeremiah says this in verse 21. He says, this I have recalled to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. It seems that Jeremiah, as he was writing, something has entered into his mind that gave him hope. And here... Verse 22, he wrote, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Jeremiah remembered the faithfulness of God. his physical eye all Jeremiah could see was devastation and destruction but with the eyes of faith he saw God's faithfulness 
sometimes we look at our lives and circumstances say, Bill, there ain't no way. But then we realize that the eyes of faith don't look at our circumstances, do they? The eyes of faith look at how faithful God has been through all the ages, through all generations, and how faithful God has been to you. Life is filled. Filled with circumstances and challenges that cause us fear. Both for the unbeliever and the believer. There's this issue of death. There are addictions. There's cancer. Betrayal. Loss. Broken relationships. Corruption. Depravity. The list goes on and on. Just like Jeremiah, the only way that we can endure the challenges of our life with any degree of courage is to depend upon the faithfulness of God. Friends, countless times through the last 114 years, courageous Bethel Church members have had to recall the faithfulness of God. Many times they have had to remember just how faithful God has been to them. They've had to recollect how faithful God has been in their own lives. They've had to be reminded of how faithful God is to his people. Because God is faithful, friend, you and I can be certain when we pray. We can have victory over temptations in our life. We can celebrate God just the way he deserves. Even in the face of fear. Even in the face of fear. How does that impact my life right now? Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, the Apostle Paul wrote to that church of believers in Corinth. And listen to how he started this verse. God is faithful. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So what should be my response to a message like this about God's faithfulness. Well, friend, in my view, the only response to God's faithfulness for you today would be for you to accept the free gift of God that's made possible through His Son and the sacrifice He provided on the cross for my sins and yours. During this decision time, as you make your way forward during this decision time I'm going to ask you to give the rest of your life to Jesus the rest of your days to Christ but before we sing I want to ask you to do something for me I want to ask you to close your eyes I want to ask you to listen carefully. 
listen very carefully. Do you hear God calling you? He's been faithful to you all your days. And he's calling you today. God directs. Father in heaven, when we think about your faithfulness, Lord, we just drop to our spiritual knees and the only thing that comes out of my mouth is thank you. Thank you for being faithful when I've been so doggone unfaithful. Thank you for being faithful to this church for 114 years. Continuing to use the tools, as Bradley sang about, to use the tools that we have in our toolbox to allow you to use us to draw people unto Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Today is no different. We humbly ask, Lord, that you would use the believers that have gathered here to celebrate your faithfulness you would use your word preached you would use your words that have been sung about this morning and that somebody somebody is listening and they're here and they're moved moved to respond to your faithfulness by taking one step of faith I'm sorry rugged, splintering, bloody cross that he hung to pay the penalty for the sins of humanity and provide a gift, a gift for the taking if you would just receive it and be saved. So we just pray, move in the midst of this decision Your glory and in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said. Amen.